2: Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parms, Zach Berry here with me today. Neil is in Fayetteville for a few days. He'll be back later in the week. Zach and I holding down the fort. Ole Miss with its second day of fall camp today. We still call it fall camp because it just makes the most sense. But whatever, second day of preseason practice this morning. I was out there for uh, that. By the time you guys listen to it, there will be some observations up on the message board. Also, we spoke with uh, Chris Partridge and DJ Durkin today. Um, both Ole Miss defensive coordinators about uh, that side of the ball was trying to get better after 2020 2020 that was not very good but did improve a little as the year went on so we'll talk practice today the uh, one of the one of the uh, top 25 coaches or college football polls came out today Ole Miss 25th in it so we'll discuss that as well as some other topics as we get on with our day on a podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford to check out their self checkout they have available there on Highway 6 West at the Oxford Exxon, the Blue Sky location. Go in, you don't have to worry about who's checking, who's doing what, you just handle it yourself. We're big proponents of that. You should try it out too. Also, you can download the SpeedPass Plus app. When you do that, you earn points. When you earn points, you save money there with the Blue Sky in Oxford and all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. And I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. That's in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. No matter where you are in the process, let him take care of you there at Clark Ford. Corey's been with us for a long time. You'll get a great deal, and he'll make you um, aware of all your different options in the car buying process. All guests join us on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, Raptors on the Square in Oxford, Raptors on the Water as well out towards Sardis, Raptors in New Albany. Plenty of locations for uh, great food, great drinks, great time there with uh, Raptors. So, another hot one today, Zach. It looks like we were, we were told that on Sunday it was almost kind of like a vomit fest a little bit, that they uh, – testing them to see where they were in shape, running them through it pretty good. So, there was uh, – said there was a lot of overheating. That was still kind of case today. Uh, Jalen Cunningham at one point goes in because he got a little overwhelmed. Um, I several, saw several other offensive linemen – um, Talon Knight even got even kind of succumbed to it if that tells you anything is Talon's in pretty good shape and I saw where he uh he gave out to the heat a little bit at times today they're it's not two days like the old days we're not doing the hey withhold water but there's still something about that first week of practice that first week of camp where it is tons of acclimating to football shape versus in shape into the heat that you're dealing with here in uh, north Mississippi at this time of year
1: yeah I'd imagine they uh what time, what time does practice start?
2: It was 9 a.m. They went from 9 okay. to about 11.45 today.
1: Okay. So not exactly peak heat of the day, but as everyone knows, it's Mississippi. So it's, it's going it's to be – You humid
2: 24 hours a day right now. It's it, it's it's oven no matter what time of day we're doing.
1: Yeah, you're probably looking at 60 – anywhere from like 60 to 75% humidity at like 10, 11 o'clock. So um, I don't know how it was down there. I know uh, – here in Nashville last week was, was fantastic early in the week. So uh, maybe Kiffin and them would have liked to have started a little bit earlier uh, since last week was better, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, getting into practice shape and then working your way into game shape because of uh, how they like to go offensively with tempo. And uh, I mean, that that's going to affect the defense. So the defense has got to be in great shape, but yeah, I mean, typical, um, you know, August, heat exhaustion you know they're getting all their proper fluid so that that should tell you something that you know despite being in great shape and being you know 19 20 years old it can happen to anybody so um yeah I mean I that's I don't think that's surprising at all to uh to see uh the big fellas especially because it's it's hard on them
2: So I've been out there two days. We're caught up in the minutia of all of it, trying to see as much as we can see. On Monday, Neil and I split the offense and the defense. Today, I tried to kind of get some observations of each. I split my time. eh, 60-40 offense, if I'm being honest, because I just like that side of the ball better, even though I probably should have gone the other way because it's a little more interesting from some storylines. You, who's not out here every day, what, what interests you for fall camp? What are sort of the two or three things that that is front of mind for you as we head towards the season opener against Louisville here in uh, less than a month now.
1: I was just talking to somebody about this and it might seem like a cop-out answer because he's the face of the program and arguably the, the biggest piece of the puzzle for 2021, but Matt Corral being in his second year of a system with a coordinator is intriguing to me. And I think I have this right. I'm pretty sure this is the first time ever in, you know, since high school. I mean, I'm sure he had, a couple back-to-back years with the same coordinator, maybe in a pop Warner or something, but I'm pretty sure um, the years he was at Oaks Christian, different coordinator. And then when he got to poly it was a different one. And then obviously every year he's been in Oxford, he's had a different coordinator. So this is a, uh, a big, you know, it's big for him because of NFL draft, um, you know, his prospects of, of going, you know, early in the the drafts in 20, uh, 22. But I think that, Just what kind of step is he taking in this offense? Is it you know, uh, is it going to be you know huge, better than better than last year? You know, you you obviously like for him to cut down on the turnovers, and I think that that's been something that's a huge emphasis on his offseason work. And and there's no doubt that Kiffin and Levy have talked to him, you know, ad nauseum about it. But I think that that's probably the biggest thing that I'm looking for with this Ole Miss team, and I know that. You and Neil have talked about it already. He's talked about it in interviews. Other people have talked about the the step he's taken as being a leader for this team. Um, That's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, Super interested to see that first game against Louisville. Not a formidable opponent, but a game where he has to be sharp and has to, um, you know, really come out and, and make a statement in that first game on a national stage, on Monday, Labor Day weekend, in the, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, that's as big a stage as he can get outside of the SEC championship or the college football playoffs. So um, that, and then, you, you know, a lot has been talked about the depth at linebacker. And I think that that's something that um, is, is intriguing because not only are you having a regular off season, you know, last last year was abbreviated. They really, they didn't have spring. Um, and then camp was was weird because of COVID. So, being able to have a full offseason, spring and fall, and then just having more depth, having more pieces to that position group. And, uh, again, another year in the system for some of these guys. Chance Campbell's the new guy. He's going to be looked upon to be a leader on that side of the ball. Then you've got Lakia Henry, Dalen Gill, um, Jack Brown. Um, I've heard a lot about Austin Keys um, playing with the one some. Uh, so these guys that, that, that signed a couple years ago, it's time for them to step up and to be a factor on the defense. Not only, you know, uh, take it a step further, not just a factor, but to be an impactful player at linebacker. And that's that's a position that, you know, it trickles down from defensive line. They have to be better there in order for the linebackers to be better. But um, it's a deeper Group now, and with the addition of Chance Campbell, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what what DJ Durkin and that defense uh, looks like this season.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny you talk about last year and improvements that need to happen and whatnot. I thought I thought Chris Partridge was very frank about that today. We were talking to him. He said that. You know, look, there was plenty of things that went sideways last year between COVID, new staff, plenty of excuses. But he said even beyond that, they should have been better than they were, that they were not where they should have been in year one of a program no matter what the, the distractions and and side notes were that were going on at that uh, at, at, at that point. Um, but he mentioned that if you can solve some of those things and get year two progression at the same time, he was expecting – a larger-than-normal jump, if that makes sense. He thought that they would be it would be somewhat exponential because he thought that they had room to grow from where they didn't get last year and the veterans to take that jump as well as the jump just being in year two in systems, year two with programs, knowing what's going on, basically finding even the skill sets for guys. I mean, he pointed out today, Keatron Smith was someone that he, he highlighted. He said, you know, you got a guy that's played cornerback Done a decent job at it. Um, It's been absolutely his home. And he said, we walk up to him and go, hey, we think you can help us more inside. And he said immediately, he goes, okay, all good. Jumps in there and he's active inside. I think, you know, Keetron's done a really nice job so far in a couple days at that spot. I mean, I I think there's been some things like that where they're finding out skill sets even that maybe they didn't have time to go through last year. You didn't have non-conference games to put guys in spots and see what it looks like on film in-game situations. I mean, there's so many ways that they just didn't get normalcy last year that I do think it's made everything kind of hyperactive and and, and can make things, as I said, kind of exponential as they move into the season. I'm not predicting a top-25 defense. I'm not even necessarily predicting a top-50 defense. But but looking at what they have been able to do in that back seven, and especially that back four, they look completely different. I mean, Neil talked about it a little bit yesterday, but – they look like an SEC defense back there. They have so many options. And they have so many options where it looks like the puzzles actually fit together and you're not having to try to get this guy over here and this guy over here. It looks like you're just kind of loaning positions to other positions. They they have a really solid group back there, a really solid nucleus that are pushing each other. But at the same time, I think they're they're finally getting in their optimal spots as the season grows, grows closer.
1: Yeah, that's another, another group that – that really took a huge step in the off season with all the additions from the 2021 signing class. And they're not all going to play. They're not all going to start, but like you said, I, the, I like how you phrased it with the, the puzzle pieces because they, they kind of recruited a similar prospect in the secondary in 2021. They're all guys that are relatively long, you know, anywhere from five eleven to to six, one, six, two, they can all run. Um, and, yeah, they, they look like an SEC defense back there. And you know, I, I don't expect every single guy to not redshirt. They're not going to all play meaningful snaps. But I think the the being comfortable with throwing them in there is something that I think any coordinator would tell you that that's huge. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Taishim Johnson, Kendrick Breedlove, DeMarco Williams. Um, you know, I think um, – Washington from Alabama. I think the, they, they give them a lot of options. And it's not just like a body to throw out there. It's somebody that they know can play. They know the, the scheme. They know the playbook. And uh, they can go out there and make plays. And then, you know, one guy we haven't even mentioned yet, Miles Battle, who I think Lane Kiffin has even said has some NFL potential as a cornerback. Um, having that type of guy that you can feel comfortable putting on an island against some of the best receivers in the SEC, and that gives you a lot of flexibility and, um, you know, kind of eases a little bit of the pain from last season where it seems like Ole Miss just couldn't stop anybody through the air. Um, now you have a guy another year in the system more comfortable with that position. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, they were basically coaching him how to play in games. Um, I think that that's going to give them um, just a, a, you know, a sense of, um, you know, a calming sense will, you know, will be in that secondary with him being able to, you know, match up with whoever's number one receiver is. But yeah, I mean, they've got AJ Finley back. Otis Reese obviously is going to play all over the place. Jake Springer is, is, is going to be playing this season. He's going to be all over the place. So I think they, uh, they, they have a good mix of, you know, you're by the book, Cornerbacks, but then they also have a ton of guys that they can move around, and they use a lot of defensive backs in the in the defense. They're very multiple. Um, I think they're probably going to play a lot of four-two-five, um, some kind of mix of that. But um, but yeah, that that secondary group has been talked about a lot in these first couple of days of uh, fall camp.
2: When you mentioned Balls battle, it's guys like that that allow moves like Keyshawn Smith to take place. You know what I mean? Like if you don't yeah. have somebody else to man the spot, you've got people stuck in positions that aren't necessarily what's best for them, but it's the only thing they can do to put the 11 on the field that makes up the best overall lineup. I mean, it's it's allows Jalen Jones to play the positions that he's best at. You know what I mean? I mean, it's that they actually have depth that makes so many of these different things something they can do as this thing moves forward. I think that's a good point. I think that's kind of where they are right now. Um, And I'm still curious up front, You know they're they're challenging Sam Williams right now off the edge. They're hopeful for some some interior guys, but to me that's going to decide just how good they're going to get. But there's no doubt with the secondary being what it is that they're they're going to be some semblance of better. I mean it just it 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 just is what it is. There's no way around that. Take a break in the show to tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting that understands your market. A leader in condo financing the float-down option, and much more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704. Also here on the podcast, we're partners with Northeast Spark, S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities. they got two packages, the Ignite, that's 100 MPPS, or the Gig, that's called the Blaze, that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband, NESpark spark with a C, .com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, as well as parental controls, network security, wireless mesh extenders, and more. So call the office for details. Find the best and the fastest internet around here in the Oxford area. Again, that's NESpark.com or 662-238-3159. Podcast also brought to you by Visit Oxford. That's VisitOxfordMS.com. Slash events to find out everything going on locally this week and every week coming up August 13th. The busy season kind of uh, kicking back in gear a little bit. Students back before long. More events coming to the calendar. The Yacht Patawfah Arts Council presenting the Iron Bartender here this Friday. That's uh, at the Powerhouse. I'm one of the uh, guest judges for that. Ten different bartenders from around the area going to uh, put their cocktails up to the test. Competition style if you're there. You can try them out. You can vote on them. Have a big time there at the powerhouse. You can find out more at OxfordArts.com to see uh, about purchasing tickets. More details about all the different restaurants and bars uh, that are uh, participating in that, and much more. So, also on Thursday, or sorry, on Friday, is the Oxford bus tours back. Three o'clock, four o'clock. Call, visit Oxford to reserve your spot. You can get adult tickets, children tickets. And remember, with the adult ticket, just one. $100 off with a pair of Blue Delta jeans, so a little partner and partner action there between two of our uh, our, our favorite and longtime sponsors. Uh, also, August 28th, Eat in the Street. That's Jackson Avenue East celebrating the new uh, street design there on Jackson Avenue. they got family activities throughout the day, music from 5 to 9. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors are the, uh, the headlining act there late at night. So pick up some food. They will have picnic tables, things spread out for you to eat there in the street and enjoy some family-friendly activity all day long. And then for all real estate needs here in the Oxford area, nix10oxford.com 662-281-1200. That's O'Keefe Graham and Clay DeWeese, two good friends of mine. I've used them for uh, both sides of the selling and buying process multiple times since I've been in Oxford. They will take care of you. They'll get what you need accomplished as quickly as possible. Be very thorough in doing it. Clay's your District 12 House Representatives here for Oxford as uh, as well. So nickstanoxford.com, you can see gallery view, you can see agent listings, plenty of different things there to get the home buying process started and closed with nickstanoxford.com, 662-281-1200. Remember, they have a new content item they're sponsoring starting next week. We talk a lot of football. That'll be out on Sunday as we recap the first week of Ole Miss uh, football fall camp and then proceed throughout the football season there, courtesy of Oxford. Dot com. And then podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, also Tyson Drugs, Tyson Drugs in Hollywood Springs, GM here in Oxford, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they will take care of you with all your local pharmacy needs. And remember, if you're a state or school employee and you see that CVS mark on your uh, prescription benefit manager, don't worry about it. You're all good. Don't do anything. Stay with Tyson Drugs. Stay with g and get the best local pharmacy around with those. They deliver local and they can take care of you. Again, that's 662-236-2222. You know, you mentioned Matt Corral, second year in the system. I pointed out yesterday how electric he was, jumping around he was, just energetic. Everything about him was was leading by example. It was high energy. And there's some semblance of knowing the offense and knowing your system that even allows you to do that. You know, your head's not swimming. You're not having to be so stuck in the playbook or figuring out what's going on around you that you can't do some of the things you need to do as the leader of the football program. And I, I think you're seeing Matt, Matt now have some tentacles because of how well he knows the system and how he's adjusted to everything, that he can stop focusing on that in a lot of ways and he can focus on things that – uh that are more intangibles, more keeping everybody else upbeat and in the heat and then during kind of the dog days of camp and all those things. I mean, he did. He's, he's still just jumping around like crazy. And then I know it's somebody you covered in high school. I don't know when we're going to see this cat as far as playing on the field all the time, but I'm not sure there's a person on the field looser and more high energy than Marquevious Brown. That dude is everywhere. Like, he walked by at one point yesterday. I don't know him from anybody. He's like trying to fist bump me. He's jumping around. He's jumping all over teammates. I mean, he, he, he has been the energizer bunny through two days.
1: You know, I saw somebody the other day mention how, obviously the program in Alabama is so attractive because of Nick Saban. It starts with him first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, they win, they win a lot. They win titles. Um, but somebody made a comment that I, I've heard before, and I've thought the same thing, but hearing it again, it really resonated was, you know, games aren't hard for Alabama, the players, because who they face Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, is most of the time better than who they play on Saturday, and not to that level, not to that extent, but Marquise Brown's a guy that had that at IMG. Every day in practice, he was going up against four- and five-star guys, he played You know, a relatively, you know, I guess in high school you could call it an out-of-conference schedule um, because IMG kind of plays whoever they want. They play a national schedule. But, you know, they played some decent teams. But every day in practice he was going against the best of the best, guys that are getting signed by Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, So, I mean, I think that he is kind of built for, for this kind of thrust into, hey, here's fall camp when you're 18, 19 years old. Like, good luck. Um, You know, there's probably some swagger and probably some, you know, he's pretty laid back, it seems like, where this doesn't really phase him because he's been going against really good blue-chip-type players for, you know, the last couple years. So um, that probably gives him a a comfortability, you know, being in his first fall camp. Um, Before we forget and move on, I will say another group that is really intriguing for this season is the offensive line. I think the acquisition of Orlando Umana – from Utah is, is huge. Um, I know that they've discussed it already. I saw Matt Corral talked about it yesterday, but having a guy that's a true center, that's, you know, not only a true center, but power five experience playing in the back 12, um, being able to move Ben Brown over to guard where he's more comfortable, uh, being able to move Caleb Warren over to guard and not having to shuffle him around. And then, uh, you know, I think that that just kind of a trickle down effect of letting the tackles get, you know, settled in with, you know, this is the guy that's to my, to my right or my left when I'm uh, playing on Saturday, I think that's huge. Um, so, if, if Umana can, can really settle in and, and take hold of that center position, I think that that's just going to make this offensive line better. And, you know, spoiler alert, uh, the running back group is, is pretty damn good as well.
2: Yeah, I thought of this, too, and I don't even know that it's a note I'm going to have later today, but the running back group is deep enough that I feel like we're underrating Kendrick Bullock at this point. I feel like Bullock's a better player than we're necessarily giving him credit for just because of where he is on the depth chart and whatnot. But, I mean, I'm watching him in one-on-ones today, watching during some seven-on-seven, just kind of the way they were doing some some drills where they weren't tackling to the ground, but it was 11-on-11 because they were in shoulder pads today. Today was the first day of shoulder pads. There's something sneaky about him that I really, really like that's a little different than the other guys. I mean, he's by far not the best back on the field or anything right now. But there are seasons where we would be talking about him a ton and him needing to give tons of reps. He's, he's got it together and is a little more all-purpose and a little more complete than maybe we, we've uh, we've discussed at this point just because of Ely, Parrish, and Snoop.
1: Yeah, and, it's you know, it's kind of crazy the, the depth there. And, you know, a guy like if you're in a bind and you're running tempo and, um, you know, you've got a couple guys that, you know, might get, in a, get in an ankle taped or somebody's getting a breather. I mean, not even Kentrell Bullock. I mean, I think that they would feel more than comfortable putting in Isaiah Willard in there. Um, he, he's no front runner of a running back room, but he knows the system, and they can trust him and just throw him in there if they needed to. So, I mean, I mean, even going past Bullock, I mean, I think Willard is perfectly capable of going in and getting a couple touches. But, yeah, I, the future is, is incredibly bright for Ole Miss at the running back position. I know Kevin Smith is extremely high on Henry Parrish and for good reason. Um, I was actually watching some cut-ups of the LSU game from last year. And, um, I mean, he had a fantastic game against against LSU down in Baton Rouge. So, I know that, you know, this is a, you know, basically a draft year for for Ely. Um, you know, it, it could very well be a draft year for Snoop Connor, a guy that, you know, is probably going to be a bell cow anywhere else. He's good enough to be a, a number one back at any other SEC school. I'd, I'd go as far to say that. Um, but they, they like having that stable to be able to stay fresh. Um, you know, I remember last year being down on the field for, for the Egg Bowl and Kevin Smith is constantly coaching and he's constantly, if they if they don't want to interrupt tempo, they want to be as fresh as possible. So he's constantly going to keep rotating guys in and it's you know it's it's all a feel thing I think it's it's all related to tempo and it's all related to kind of the the vibe the momentum of the drive but yeah just being that deep and you know somebody like Kentrell Bullock could could very easily have a game where he has anywhere from 10 to 15 carries and can be extremely productive Um, I think he had one carry last year it was in the outback bowl But, um, but you can see it and you've been on the practice field and seen him work um, they love the skill set. There's a reason why that he was one of the guys that Lane Kiffin spoke to when he uh, got the job and, and wanted to keep him in the, in the signing class. So, um, yeah, it's, it's – it's a. I, I would – would you say it's an embarrassment of riches at running back at this point? I mean, I, they're all extremely talented and, and different in their own way. It looks like what a lot
2: of top-level SEC rosters have in their running back room. That's the thing Ole Miss just has, hasn't had. I mean, look, it's an embarrassment of riches for Ole Miss, but it's pretty standard with maybe one extra guy that you really like for a lot of programs that you know compete on a national level. Level out of the SEC. I mean, Alabama's going to have four or five guys. Georgia's going to have this. You know, Florida mm-hmm. has a few from time to time like this. LSU obviously has done well with the running back uh, position. It. What is so interesting with me about it is that for years, and I have mean, been covering Ole Miss football since 2005, 2006, however you want to phrase it, you see that top two back and you almost try to – you know, they've been exceptions, obviously. Ole Miss had some good running backs. But past the starter, a lot of times you're almost trying to talk yourself into that guy a little bit. You see some runs, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's an SEC guy. He's whatever – you're not having to talk yourself into any of these guys. It, it does. It looks completely different than a lot of depth in the backfield that I've seen from Ole Miss over the years. And maybe is the most startling thing because I mean, Ole Miss has been pretty good at most other positions at t- from time to time. Running back, though, they've never had a ton of depth. And I sit here and look and go, wow, that's the third or fourth string running back. And that would be the main guy in camp we were talking about in a lot of years in the past. I mean, there's been years where, I mean, nothing against him because he ended up having a pretty good career at middle. And, I mean, he had some runs for Ole Miss. But, I mean – you know, the, the annual thing every year was like, hey, Itavius Mathers, he's got this, you know what I mean? And he's this and this and this. And is he going to take this step? Well, these yeah. guys have already kind of taken that step a little bit. And that's nothing against Itavius, but you, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that running back room was was pretty damn good, too. You had Mathers. You had Mark Dotson. You had Jalen Walton. And then mm-hmm. they had a couple of Juco guys come through. But, yeah, so I, mean, I mean, Jalen Walton is...
2: might be the most underrated running back. Yeah. Of all this in the last it, 20 years.
1: probably not to that extent, but, you know, you talk a lot about Bo Wallace being the most important recruit in Ole Miss history, kind of as they got to that upper echelon in 2014, 2015. But Jalen Walton is a huge reason why that offense was as good as it was with his versatility. But Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, you look at some of the great position groups over the last couple of years in the SEC with how, you know, what was it at one point, Georgia had like Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb and, I mean, they just had um four and five star guys left and right, you know, the Alabama receiver room um over the last couple of years was just stupid good. But yeah, I mean it, it's something that is is kind of funny when, you know, the talking heads talk about, you know, you know, who's gonna have the best run game this year in the SEC? And, you know, almost doesn't really get a lot of talk. Um with, you know, the headliners in the SEC and the the more blue-chip, blue-blood programs. But a year ago, this team led the conference in rushing yards per game, and they did it, you know, by committee. So having another year of of that same group, um, you know, Henry Paris has another year in the system. Jerry Neely looks to be back and 100% ready to make his case to go in the NFL draft. And then Snoop Connor, you know what you get from him. And, uh, you know, Kentrell Bullock's kind of that you know, the, you know, the 1B to Snoop Connors 1A with being that bigger guy that can really get the tough yards inside. So um, that's probably the most established room outside of quarterback for uh, for Ole Miss in this fall camp.
2: Yeah, Georgia that year had Chubb, Michelle, Elijah Holyfield, and DeAndre Swift.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's decent. Not bad. Yeah. Um, It kind of looks like uh, Ohio State's quarterback room right now. With uh, I think they got four blue chip guys right now with the addition of Quinn Ewers, big kombucha guy.
2: Hey, look, I knew that was coming. I saw that's where he was going with his first NIL. Um, he was going to probably do it anyway. And I, he obviously can sign bigger deals at Ohio State as a college player than as a high school player in Texas. But as I said at the time, this is on Texas. How Texas, of all places, the way they are with their, their high school football, has allowed them to be some of the worst written laws about NIL and amateurs and, and high school athletes of any state in the country. It's kind of mind-boggling because you would think they would give them almost more autonomy to figure out what to do to, to heighten their presence with Texas high school football instead of making it one of the worst states and making it where it's pretty restrictive on what they can, they, they can handle.
1: Yeah, it is kind of bizarre because they they hate when people talk about Florida being better in high school, um, you know, Florida having better high school football, or they 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 hate when people bring up California or Arizona or you know, whoever. So if if you're wanting to claim that you're the best, why not try to enhance the the entire sport in your in your state? It is it is a little weird. I don't I don't understand that at all. But yeah, I think that that was. Pretty easy decision for for viewers to make.
2: Yeah, um, you mentioned it. We'll talk about it here. The uh, USA Today Sports the coaches' top twenty five comes out today. We were inside the press conference when the when it was released. I think it was Nick Suss asked Chris Partridge about it. Since he is a Lane Kiffin assistant coach, he simply said "rat poison" over and over again, like three or four times, and that was the end of it. Um, so no real quote from uh, Partridge regarding the top twenty five. Ole Miss coming right there at 25. I, I wouldn't have been shocked by anything 20 to 25 for the Rebels, probably. I mean, I thought 25 was about as low as they would be. hmm <clears throat> I mean, looking through it here a little bit, Alabama – I mean, we can talk about all the parity or all the whatever. There's no parity in college football. You look at the top five, it is Alabama, it is Clemson, it is Oklahoma, it is Ohio State, and it is Georgia. So, all right. mm-hmm. A&M at six, uh, SEC schools – Florida at 11, LSU at 13 on the list. It's too uh, high. Yes, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and then Ole Miss at uh, at 25, nobody else from the SEC. Oh, that's, you know, that's it. Second half. So, let's kind of do that. High, low, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do it that way as we go through this thing. Alabama, number one, obviously, they're the defending champions. I have no problem with them being number one at all. Um Are you as interested in a quarterback at like a nine Ole Miss or something like that? Is 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 anybody in a while with with, with Bryce Young right here? I mean, I I feel like I'm. I, we keep hearing so much about him, all the NIL stuff. He's not Trevor Lawrence, but I feel like I'm anticipating watching him in the same vein as when Trevor Lawrence got to Clemson.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's super intriguing because he's on the best the best team in, in, in the country. And, you know, I, Nick Saban does it year in, year out. He figures it out. He plugs and plays with all of his four and five star players. He plugs and plays with his coordinators, with his assistants. He figures it out every single season. Um, it, it's very intriguing though, because Bryce Young has only thrown 22 passes in his career, all in mop-up duty He didn't play a lot of significant snaps a year ago. So, you know, what what does Alabama look like if Bryce Young is just okay? Uh, You know, how explosive can this offense under Bill O'Brien be? I mean, that's another thing that I I haven't heard it talked about as much, but it's a brand-new coordinator again. So, what's the offense going to look like with not only a guy that hasn't had a ton of snaps in Power 5 football and SEC football, but a brand-new coordinator? You know, they, they get a full offseason to, to implement the system and for Bryce Young to get comfortable. But, it, you know, tons of pressure. You're, you're the starting quarterback at Alabama. You've got seven figures in NIL deals, whatever. But it's no guarantee that he's just going to pick up where Mac Jones left off. Now, if you told me that he was outstanding and threw for – 3,500 yards and 32 touchdowns, I wouldn't be shocked. But, sure. again, he's got to still go out and do it. I mean, JT Daniels was a similar hyped recruit, and, you know, he had his struggles against Georgia. Now he was still probably not 100% healthy. I think even JT would probably tell you that at this point. And I think that that's a lot of the reason why Georgia hesitated putting him in there. But it's, it's a ton of pressure. I mean, Ole Miss fans know how that goes with Shea Patterson and how he kind of – flamed out and wasn't what he was expected to be at Ole Miss. So it's it's very, very intriguing. I think another guy that that in that similar type vein, but he played a lot more than Bryce Young is is DJ Uyangalele Clemson. You know
2: oh good job on the pronunciation there. I wouldn't yeah. tip that.
1: I, man, you you got to practice it because you're gonna hear a lot. Um, okay. you know tons of hype with him. And then, I mean, I think that that top three is is pretty solid. I would honestly probably put Oklahoma at two, because Spencer Rattler is is as good as it gets in college football, and uh, I I think the Big Twelve is a little bit easier than the ACC. I still think that Clemson's going to have to, you know, win a couple tough ones on their conference schedule, but the Big Twelve is just going to be a cakewalk for Oklahoma. Um, And then, yeah, I'm fine with Ohio State and Georgia right there, but. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, you know, we talk about that quarterback room. You know, who's going to be the guy? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? Is it going to be Jack Miller? You know, who's who's starting at quarterback for them? But, again, Ryan Day figures it out every single year. Um, so, I mean, that's probably as good of a top four, top five in college football that uh, I think we've had in a very long time.
2: Does Georgia have an argument for being in that top four, or do you like them at five?
1: I think if, you, if you're if you going to start the argument, you have to start defense. They're probably going to have one of the best defenses in the country, but they still got to score. Um, I mean, yeah, JT like, Daniels.
2: Look, JT Daniels gets a ton of pub, but what has he actually done?
1: I mean, if you want to look it up, I mean, yeah, he lit up some mediocre conference teams, but, I mean, he's still got to prove it. I mean, I'm
2: not saying he's bad. I'm just not really sure on the crowning.
1: Yeah, he's getting crowned a little early. I mean, he threw 401 yards against Mississippi State, but who didn't, um, you know, threw for 299 against Missouri and then threw for 392 against Cincinnati. And, I mean, it's Cincinnati. They – a good team, but they were overmatched. Um, I mean, I think if, if you're going to have an argument for Georgia to be in the college football playoff this year, you got to have JT Daniels be better and be more consistent – and because I mean, I, I think the defense at Georgia is going to be outstanding. Um, I everybody knows about Nickovey Dean and how good he is that linebacker position, um, but they have really got to be. Wouldn't say can't miss on offense, but I mean, it's 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 pretty much going to be a lot on JT Daniel's shoulders there um, to be able to to elevate Georgia to that playoff conversation. I just, and it may not even be because they're not good enough. I just think that Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson and Alabama are just better.
0: The Oxford Exxon podcast brought to you by dead Soxy. Go to DeadSoxy.com, Enter the promo code rebel grove at checkout and get 25% off your entire order of the best socks you will ever put on your feet. Dead DeadSoxy.com. deadsoxy.com Also brought to you by seven South seven South tailgating. The Grove will be back open in full capacity this fall, and the team at 7South Tailgating will be there to serve any tailgating needs you may have. 7South is your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. They provide us a level of service unlike any other. Once you tailgate with 7South, you'll never tailgate without them again. To lock in a tailgating package for the fall, go to their site, 7SouthTailgating.com, submit a request, or feel free to call them directly at 662 321 three one16. Also brought to you by Game Changer Patch Company. Game Changer developed their own custom blend for treating hangovers several years ago. Uh, It's to help reduce dehydration, prevent sleep deprivation, and help process alcohol. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking and while you sleep. Try it for yourself. GameChangerPatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems LLC, Clay McNutt, and the folks in Baldwin, Mississippi established ACS in 2013. It is a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation-recognized system integrator. ACS has a full-time, dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and so much more. It's a full-service AutoCAD services provider and a full-service fiber-optic cabling solution provider as well. Go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. You can be a part of the Oxford Park Commission making some history this summer and fall. They're hosting their first fall volleyball league for girls in October and November The league is open for ages 9 to 14. The cost is just $50. There's also a girls' cheerleading program this fall as well. Sisters can cheer on their brothers during OPC Youth Flag Football. They're uh, one of several offerings for girls ages 7 to 14. There will be two cheer seasons, one for football, one for basketball. The cost is $50. To learn more, go to OxfordParkCommission.com. Also brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate, based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss grads They utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. The spotlight this month is on the Village at Madison. The Village at Madison will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of restaurant Retail and professional office space along with seventy-five zero lot line residences with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. To learn more, get in touch with Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are made for you and only you. Raw denim, custom fit, hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, one size fits one at bluedeltagenes.com. You can go to their site, Use their virtual tailor and be measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple of minutes. And Blue Delta will make sure you're looking great for the first kick of football season in September. All you have to do, go to the site, enter the promo code Grove at checkout, one word, Rebel Grove, Get 10% off your entire purchase. It's a great time of year to get a pair of Blue Delta's Cotton Genos in the works, so don't miss out. We are also brought to you by Lammons Fine Jewelry. Lammons is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford, They've been serving the Oxford area for more than seventy-three years. From engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more, Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. So visit them at Jewelry dot com, or call them at six six two two three four two seven seven
2: seven. A and M. Is going to be really good. They obviously have a lot of guys back. They're returning a good bit of their team from a team that only lost once, and that was to Alabama last year. And I don't know if this is like a bias because they just never win anything. I don't know what it means. Because frankly, I think from a game day standpoint, Jimbo's a better coach than Kirby Smart. I think Kirby's one of the worst game day coaches. Yeah. In the world. Um, but when I wa- look at those team teams side by side, they're five and six. I have no doubt in my mind that I'd rather have Georgia at five than than AM at five. There is there's a weird just kind of line of separation for me in my head where there's still something about AM, despite last season, that they kind of have to prove it. I mean, I, I know they're gonna be really good running the football. I I I know that Jimbo will, will 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 do a good job. I have no doubts about that. I know they've gotten a lot more physical, they've gotten a lot deeper. I mean, they're recruiting like crazy, but If you said one team crashes the party, I would pick Georgia 10 times out of 10 over AM.
1: Oh, you would? Okay. Um, Why is that? I don't know.
2: That's what I'm saying. I almost feel like it's a little bit of biased in a way, just off history, more than current, more than current team, a little bit. I mean, are you higher on AM than maybe the normal?
1: I think this, I think the schedule helps a little. Um, They've only got one projected top 20 opponent on their schedule. Now they do have to break in pretty much an entire new offensive line and a quarterback. Um, but you said they run it well. I mean, Isaiah Spiller was as good as anyone a year ago. Ania Smith really blew up. Um, they beat a really good North Carolina team um, in the Orange Bowl, um, but that was with that really great offensive line. So they're having to, to fill some spots up front. And then, you know, is it going to be Haynes King? Is it going to be Zach Calzada? Who's going to be the quarterback? But, you know, I would say, gun to my head, if you made me pick, I would probably lean Georgia because of how good they are defensively and they have a quarterback that is somewhat established. But, again, I agree with you that Jimbo's a much better in-game coach than Kirby Smart. I mean, Kirby has still figured out a way to lose to South Carolina. So, um, you know, Jimbo hasn't done that. Um, I, I Right now, looking at their schedule, I mean A and M really only has one loss. I I mean, I can see they're gonna lose to Bama. And then what who who's a who's a toss up out of that? I mean
2: Yeah, LSU, the, the, Ole
1: miss. A and
2: M the good thing about A and M, what they have in their schedule is that unless you're just thinking this thing's falling apart all over, which nobody really is, their floor is like nine and three.
1: Yeah. Which, which would they be happy with that there? I mean
2: No, 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 no. I think they're playoff or bust at this point.
1: And it's it's it, as good of a coach as he is. I feel like a lot of times Jimbo gets himself into trouble where he coaches not to lose as opposed to win. And he gets a little conservative and they always have some weird game where they don't, they don't necessarily lose it, but they always lay an egg once a year where they just don't play sharp. And they either eke one out at the end or it's just a lesser opponent. and they're just, they're just better than, but uh, I mean, I think they're going to lean on the running game early to get a quarterback settled in and get comfortable. But man, that, that defensive line is really, really good. Um, Mike Elko has done a fantastic job with that defense. They've recruited extremely well. So um, the, the 2020 defense was probably the best one that he's ever put on a field. So um, yeah, I mean, do you lean Georgia cause they're in the East and I think that they're going to be better than Florida this year. So maybe they run the table in the East.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're into the championship game. I, I, I do. I, I do think they're better than Florida. We'll get to Florida here in a uh, in a second. Notre Dame at seven. Sure, whatever. I'll do whatever you want to do with them. Um, yes. Iowa State at eight, North Carolina at nine. Obviously, Iowa State has kind of built to this year a little bit. Mike, Matt Campbell's done a hell of a job there. They have a ton of starters back from last season. I mean, it's like 19, 20, something like that. And then UNC, obviously the face of the program there was Sam Howell. Not really to make the playoff, but – if we're talking about one of those two teams in late November as being a national program, Iowa State, North Carolina?
1: Probably going to Iowa State. I mean, North Carolina's got Sam Howell, but I think that
2: – They have Phil Longo.
1: They do. Um, say what you want about Phil, but his offense is – He has done a better score.
2: job than I anticipated there. he—he he was a he, yeah. he did a really nice job as offensive coordinator last year.
1: Yeah, I I like Iowa State. Brock Purdy's back um, probably uh, well, it's his fourth year, so this is going to be his last year, but um, Brees Hall is as good a running back as there is in the country. First team All-American a year ago. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Finished sixth in Heisman voting. I forgot about that. Um, And then Mike Rose, the Defensive uh, Player of the Year in the Big 12, is also back. Um, Was a first team All-American as well, so um, they've got a, three guys right there, leaders of the program. And like you said, they've been building to this year. Um, I mean, they're pro-
2: – Go ahead. Well,
1: I was going to say, uh, Bill C has them projected to finish seventh overall in his SP Plus projections. Um, not that that's, you know, a guarantee. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're going to be someone that if the 12-team playoff were for this year, they'd, they'd be in there.
2: Yeah, because here's my deal with them is that I'm looking at their schedule and if they can find a way through a week two game against Iowa, they, yeah. they play Iowa at home in week two. If they can win that game, I'm going through this thing and barring some weird game maybe against West Virginia or Oklahoma State, because I think they're going to beat Texas. They always play pretty well against Texas, frankly. Mm-hmm. They're going to be 10-0 and when they play Oklahoma on November
1: 20th. Yeah, I mean, that's – Late in the year, normal. I mean, and but they yeah, don't have to to, to, to do. Yeah, no, on. they don't. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that right. I mean that's that's game day written all over it right there. Because you have to think Oklahoma's undefeated at that point too, um, and then yeah, even if you lose, you close the year with TCU. They'll they'll beat TCU. Um, but yeah, I mean like you said, barring some kind of hiccup, I, they'll be undefeated going into that game.
2: And there are hiccups. I mean, they could lose to Iowa. They could sure. lose to Oklahoma State. They could Texas, lose to
1: Texas could get weird, but on paper, they're the better team in those games. Iowa State's fascinating
2: this year. And Matt Campbell seems incredibly happy there.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, look, I, I think people forget. I mean, they, they only lost to Oklahoma by six in that Big 12 title game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, they they won the Fiesta Bowl. They um, beat Oregon, Pac-12 champ. Um, you know, <laughs> they lost to, to Louisiana Lafayette in the opener. A year ago, but then beat both Texas and Oklahoma during the regular season. So um, it's – yeah, it's they're, – they're a fascinating team because of how they play, but then just Matt Campbell has just been that huge name that everyone just thinks is going to go somewhere at some point, and he just never does. Um, so, yeah, that – yeah, that's a good spot for them right there, hovering around seven or eight. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Cincinnati
2: at 10, I think they're too high, and I simply say that, not really because I hate them for any reason, but that there's nobody above them that I would move them ahead of. That is the highest you could even consider them is at 10 for me because I don't think they're better than North Carolina, and I don't think they're better than Notre Dame. We've already mentioned they're not as good as the other teams we've, we've talked about. So Cincinnati is just kind of whatever. Florida at 11 – I completely could see how they would finish 11th, but if you told me for some reason that they ended up 22nd, 23rd, I I wouldn't be shocked this season.
1: A lot of people were putting a lot of stock in Emory Jones. Um, I mean, it's a guy that's – he's waited his turn. Kyle Trask was as good as anybody a year ago, probably the best quarterback in the country, if not for Mac Jones and what Alabama did offensively. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – Basically, I think people would say he's better built for what Dan Mullen likes to do than what Kyle Trask was. But Kyle Trask also had, you know, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney to help help him out with the offense. Um, those two guys aren't going to be there. So it's going to be a lot on Emory Jones um, to really kind of catapult Florida into that that upper tier of the East. Cause I, I don't, as of right now, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have them beating Georgia. Um, I mean, they've got a senior running back in Damian Pierce, um, that's back. Um, they only ran the ball 131 yards per game, um, a year ago, 4.3 per carry, which is pretty solid, but, um, nothing super flashy, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, their defense, Todd Grantham, you know, the, The Blitz King, they're always talented. They recruit extremely well. But I just don't know. I mean, they're right there on the cusp of a 12-team playoff, in my opinion, because I don't think they beat Georgia. And then, um, you know, Dan Mullen kind of gets squirrely in in big games. So um, I think I'm good with Florida being right around there. Um, And, yeah, maybe they're higher than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati being the top group of five team, I'm, I'm cool with that.
2: Oregon at 12, what that is showing you is just how bad the pack is overall this season that uh, their champion is sitting there at 12. Um, I'm sure they're good, sure they're fine. I have very little interest in them. LSU at 13 has become the SEC version of Notre Dame. They just start up there no matter what their roster actually looks like or what's going on around that program. There is no way they should be 13 to start the season.
1: No, and and I keep hearing more and more people Say that they think LSU is going to be really good this year. Is is talent really going to win out week in week out? I, I I don't know. I I don't think Ed Orgeron is a very good coach. I mean, he benefited greatly a couple years ago with having Joe Burrow and probably the best offense in the history of the game. Um, Joe Brady made things pretty nice for Ed Orgeron. I mean, Ed Orgeron's just, just kind of a dude that just stands on the sideline with a headset and just kind of yells and talks funny. Miles um, Vernon's not playing. He's out. So, it, it's Max Johnson. He's the guy, I mean, lit up Ole Miss last year, but, you know, who didn't? Um, you know, Keyshawn Boutte is, is going to be their, their top guy on offense um, from a receiver standpoint. He blew up in the latter part of the year in 2020 had some really good games Um, you know how how effective is Derek Stingley going to be coming off that injury Um, I don't know a lot of question marks and then also I mean you're just playing in the SEC West and it's just going to be tough you know can Max Johnson really be that good and um, can they figure out a way to you know kind of you know slow the bleeding on defense I mean Ole Miss was as good as anyone offensively but I mean, LSU across the board is more talented. They should be able to stop more people than they did like a year ago. So, um, I mean, Bill C.'s projections have LSU out of the top 25. He has them at 26. Um, so, I mean, I, again, his projections are not going to be spot on, 100% correct, but that differential right there from them being in the coaches poll being 13th, and then he's got them projected with a lot of in-depth statistics out of the top 25, I think it's is pretty loud. But I think that's too high. I think they're more of like an 18 or 19 just because if LSU goes 8-4, and four, I mean, is that going to be good enough for Edward trying to survive down there?
2: I think that's on the cusp. I think any more than that, and he for sure survives. Anything less than that, and he for sure doesn't. I think eight and four is kind of the swing spot for him pending what else is going on around that program. I mean, it's something new every day. So God knows like as time goes on Um, USC at 14 Slovis, obviously back at quarterback for the, uh, for the Trojans. I have no real issue with that. When you look at teams around them and who you would put in their place, Wisconsin at 15, kind of the uh, nondescript big 10 team, Wisconsin, if they're, 12 to 15, completely doable. I have no problem with that. If they get into the top 10 at the end of the year, I'll be I'll be I'll, I'll be somewhat surprised just because of their lack of firepower. Power. Um, Miami at 16, that to me, I know they've done a good job. I, I I get it. It feels maybe a touch high. I know everybody's in love with Derek King and the whole deal, and he's been one of the top NIL winners and whatnot. But the totality of that roster just doesn't do much for me. I, I don't feel like they're a candidate to take a major step. We're really talking about them from a national landscape as the year goes on.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that earlier. I saw he signed a deal with the Florida Panthers, the first college football athlete to sign an NIL deal with a professional team. It's a NHL team, so don't know. Don't really know what to – the
2: conditions? What do they want him to do?
1: I didn't actually look at that. Um, Let's pull it up. Just I mean, because uh, I'm curious. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm curious because I, I don't I don't even know what it is. So um, he will appear at Panthers Games, develop merchandise and concession items, as well as collaborate with the organization on social media content to engage fan bases. So the chief strategy officer, Sam Doerr, said, quote, We are thrilled to welcome Derek to Panthers Territory as our first. Florida athlete. Derek is a superstar both on and off the field, and we're excited to reach and engage South Florida sports fans in new ways through his collaborative partnership. Whatever. Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good quarterback, but he just – I wouldn't say he's elite. Um, He kind of does enough. You know, 2,600 yards a year ago, 23 touchdowns. It wasn't anything crazy. I just – you know, dark horse, Heisman candidate, whatever, um, you know, he tore his ACL in the Cheez-It Bowl. I, how is he going to be coming off of that? That's going to be huge because he does a lot of damage with his legs. Is he going to be as effective running the football? You know, what's Rhett Lashley going to do with that offense? Are they going to be, you know, very hesitant to let him run? I mean, you know, I, no idea. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bill C is really high on on the Hurricanes. He's got them finishing eighth overall. Um they're in the ACC that helps um, start the year against Alabama. I think they're going to get run out of the building in that game, if I'm being honest. Um, week three, a little tricky. Michigan State, it's at home. But um, then, I mean, the ACC schedule is Virginia, North Carolina, NC State, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Duke. So, there's some wins in there that they oh can find. Oh, my God,
2: that's a good ACC, ACC schedule.
1: I mean – you're beating Virginia, you're beating NC State, you're beating Pitt, you're beating Georgia Tech, you're beating Florida State, you're beating Virginia Tech, and you're beating Duke. I think they probably lose North Carolina on the road. Um, the early line is two and a half, uh, Miami plus two and a half there. Um, I mean, that was a hell of a game last year uh, early, and then North Carolina just whipped them. <sighs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's a good spot. I mean – 16, sure. Yeah, sure.
2: Indiana at 17. Tom Allen obviously has done a nice job there. They they will go as far as Michael Penix Jr.'s health takes them. I think they're Mm -hmm. a good team, but they're going to be rough without Penix if if that knee or whatever it was does not uh does not heal well. Then the uh, the Iowa State portion of the schedule, talking about what they've got to get through a little bit. Iowa at 18, Texas at 19, and Oklahoma State at 22. All opponents there for the Cyclones. Penn State at 20, Washington at 21. And uh, then right before Ole Miss, ULL and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's got their quarterback back. Billy Napier has a ton back with the Raging Cajuns. I have no real issue with losing to Lafayette, even though I think it might be a little high. Coastal yeah. feels like the Cinderella with a slipper's going to break this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a little cute. I like the coach's pole just throwing a bone to some group of five teams there. I. Maybe Ole Miss is, is held down because of how they were defensively. Um, Which is justified. Sure, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think if you're playing, you know, a neutral site game against one of those two teams, I think Ole Miss is the better team and, and wins both of those games. But, yeah, I mean, coaches' polls are all based on what you did a year ago. And if Louisiana and Coastal are ahead of Ole Miss, you know, whatever. It's just a preseason coaches' poll. But a little, little weird. ULL has had a history of pulling some upsets. They knocked
2: off – was it was it Iowa State actually last year? Is that what it was?
1: Uh, yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Okay. They opened with Texas. Um, losing to Lafayette at Texas to open the year. I think Texas wins the game. Texas probably wins the game. But if they don't, there's a decent chance Louisiana Lafayette is undefeated when they head to uh, Lynchburg, Virginia on November 20th.
0: The Oxford Exxon Podcast, also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. Comer Heating and Air is the name you can trust. With more than 50 years of professional HVAC experience in Oxford, Tupelo, and the surrounding area, get in touch with Eric and all the great people at Comer, 662-801-1777 for all of your heating and cooling needs. Again, Comer Heating and Air, 662-801-1777. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area and Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Again, the College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Also home to the Pinnacle Advisory Services team, where they'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle, and they'll take care of you with a little bit extra kind service. Martin Palomo and the people at Pinnacle, great to us. They'll be great to you as well. It's MyPinWealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, Part of Virtuoso, it's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and let him give you options and help you make your vacation one that will be a li- one that will create a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or J Edwards at Regencytravel.net. First time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip. Just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. A complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. Just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, grenadanissanusa.com. And we're brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. Serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties. Located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi, Alpha is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. It is home to Load Trail. The premium brand trailer, highest quality utility, equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailers being built today. They also have um, Hallmark cargo trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories, and listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full-service shop, where they repair all types of trailers, concession, Horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601 932 9798. Or check them out at alpha of ms.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. They're stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. Visit The Rogue at 4450 I 55 North in Jackson. Or are at therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson, hair and gear Chevrolet. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or a text on his cell, 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for or stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle. You've been wanting to let Joey earn your business. Be sure to tell him that you heard about Joey on the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast. And with any purchase vehicle, just mention the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal and you get $50 gas card. Just
1: yeah. Um, just saying. And let's see. And that game is going to be – let's pull up the schedule. So they play – Who's they? Oh, and that's a trap. That's that's a trap game. If there's ever a trap game, because that is um, a couple weeks after. Now, Liberty will get a bye, but it's after they play Ole Miss.
2: So it's Ole Miss by Louisiana Lafayette.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Liberty's got a tough close to the year. Ole Miss, Louisiana, and then Army. Ooh. Playing a service academy is always weird.
2: It's not good for Hugh.
1: No, he's not gonna probably could finish. Probably could finish one and two there, at the end.
2: Just ruin the whole deal for him.
1: (laughs) Uh, He's friends with Trace Atkins now, so it's not all lost. Is he? Yeah, I saw he, he posted a tweet with him and Trace hanging out.
2: I said that about Coastal Carolina but there may not be a loss on their schedule unless they lose in Boone, North Carolina. They have a cake of a schedule. Citadel, Kansas. They do have to go to Buffalo. That's not the easiest game in the world. UMass, ULM, Arkansas State, App State, Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, South Alabama.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean – yeah, group of five is going to have some uh, going to have some ammunition when the uh, playoff comes. Yeah, I
2: mean like. just, just some interest at least. I mean, it, there's enough teams there to keep Cincinnati honest. Cincinnati is yeah. by far the best group of five, but there are some other teams to at least kind of keep them honest as they they navigate that schedule, and they go. Yeah. Them. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't we'll, think. Uh, we'll see. Uh, kind of closing here. Is there anything else in the sports world that I'm just missing today? I've been so inundated with Ole Miss football stuff. Is there anything else we? Um,
1: well, if we – just for the listeners, we'll we'll, we'll keep them interested here. I, I've mentioned it a couple of times, and we talked about it before we started. Bill C's SEC West preview. He has the give a give the- a keys and kind of
2: a cliff notes because we'll probably dive into that on the next show to, to, to okay a deeper um.
1: So, his likely losses Alabama, relative toss ups Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Auburn, AM. And then he's got likely wins one, two, three, four, five, six. He's got six likely wins. And then there's one, two, three, four, five toss ups. And then, you know, the lost Alabama, whatever. So, um, he has them projected at 24th, um, obviously really high on the offense, and then just a lot of, you know, what can you give me this year on defense? Um, he has them – let's see if I can pull up where he has the defense projected to finish. Um, I mean, that right there is is not the worst thing to hear if you're an Ole Miss fan in terms of projections and who – he thinks they can win or who they who he thinks they can beat um so oh wow okay his projections have the defense finishing 59th okay that's in the range of if everything He's, goes well it's
2: been my baseline
1: yeah if you're finishing top 60 in defense in my opinion that's eight nine wins
2: it's hard to see fewer than that if you are finishing at that number defensively.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got the offense finishing top ten. If, if that's the case, then you're winning a lot of football games, and you're probably winning a couple of those toss-ups.
2: Six so. off the bat is a really good number to start. It's been a while since Ole Miss been able to do that. Yeah, I mean. That's a, that, that's a nice spot. I mean, he, he's incredibly analytical – his previews are always very, very good. Um, so that's a that, that's a that's a good thing for Ole miss as a fan base day to hear that. We'll we'll dive into that more on the next show. Um meanwhile, if you can play cornerback, please call the New Orleans Saints. Patrick Robinson has now retired as well. So they have no corners outside of Marshawn Lattimore anyway, and now they're down one more. So that's awesome. Uh,
1: Do you see what AJ Brown you see what AJ Brown said to Paul Kowarski yesterday? Yes.
2: They've already released Janoris Jenkins in the offseason. They've got some other dudes, but it's uh, pretty slim pickings there for the Saints as they try to play some semblance of defense, and they have a new quarterback. So, that's uh, that's fan. <laughs> uh, let's see. What, you what got we, Jameis, though. You've got a uh, podcast with Greg coming up?
1: Yeah, I teased it last week, and then our schedules got a little, got a little weird. So, it was uh, delayed a couple days doing that here when we're finished talking uh, – Grilling, um, I'm, I'm going to really pick his brain on some affordable grilling options because my, my Weber kettle has uh, bit the dust, so i got to get a new one. So we'll talk, we'll talk grilling and then just kind of, uh, you know, what he's putting on his grill at home the most these days and then kind of leading into, in my opinion, peak grilling season when we get to the fall and the weather gets a little better. Because um, right now standing over something that's 400 degrees is not the best thing to do um, in the South, but uh, we'll talk that and then I'll get his, I'll get his thoughts at the end about all football and you know what he thinks and um, you know I guess what what the players are eating the most when they come into the shop.
2: So how much are we, are we making like a big upgrade to the grill? what are we doing?
1: So I don't know, that's what I want to talk to him about because I've talked to uh, a couple of my neighbors who are really big into smoking. Um, they were doing a bunch of brisket yesterday. Um and I don't know if I want to take that large of a step up because I haven't done a ton of smoking, but I would be interested in learning more about doing that and maybe dipping my toe in the water there. But I don't know if dipping my toe in the water, you know, constitutes getting a, you know, fifteen hundred dollar grill. So sure.
2: Okay, well, we'll be curious to see what uh, Greg fills you in. We'll have that up uh, as soon as possible as well. And more podcasts coming to you this week. Again, Neil comes back sometimes Thursday, and then we'll resume. And then we get into actual our regular programming next week, I think, is when we'll switch to mornings and, and, and be full go. So between now and then, we'll get some shows to you. Hope you enjoy all the coverage at HerbalGrove.com. And we'll talk to you again very, very soon.